Hello, welcome to Mediums in Action with me, Martin Lee Wilson, and my good friend and expert medium, Ian Doherty. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Martin. I hope you've been well during this week. Yeah, I am. I'm sat here in a autumnal, rainy England day. I should imagine you've got the same thing, have you? No, we've got bright uh, sunshine, to be honest. Oh, lucky devil. Flip-flops. You know. We've had uh, heavy rain for the last two days, but uh, it's yeah, nice to... Had, yeah, we had that yesterday, Martin. We had all that rain. Yeah, yeah, well, we've had two days of it so far, but that's typical of North York Moors, so... Um, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's good for the garden and all the animals, the frogs and everything else. Um, we, in fact, we had the first visit of a hedgehog this week. Oh, so. wow, they're lovely, aren't they? Oh, they're amazing, amazing little things. So uh, we've gone out and we've bought a little, like a hedgehog nest. <laughs> so oh, apparently we bury it underneath, or semi-bury it with some leaves and they can sleep in there over, yeah. over winter. Oh, it's so. nice. I mean, I regularly get hedgehogs in this garden, you know, particularly when it was a lot wilder than it is now. I've cut it back, but we used to have, you know, a good family of them snorting around. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely amazing. It's great when you can encourage wildlife into your garden. And, oh, definitely. Uh, especially with certain environments and things like that have been destroyed over the years, but it's nice that we can encourage it in our own gardens. No, it is. It is. Butterflies, bees especially. I have loads of dandelions. People say, oh, you're lazy. I said, no, it's for the bees. Oh, you're just saying that because you're lazy. No, it's for the bees. You know. Yeah, it's amazing because we, we've, we've kind of wilded an area of our garden as well. So we, we've got you know, I cut the grass and everything, and and there's a certain area where, which I've left wild, and we've got sort of wildflowers that are growing in there. And yeah, there are, you know, kind of plants that you would class as weed. I mean, a weed is just a plant that you don't don't want there. <laughs> so, well, you know, it's still. Yeah, that's it. I mean, dandelions are part of the sunflower family. I know they're gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And and this time of year, when bees are getting ready to hibernate and and you know, kind of get ready and for winter. They come in very, very handy. And and also at the beginning of the year as well, when yeah. dental lines come out. So. Nice. But but today we're here to talk about, um, oh, well, we're going to answer people's questions. And we've had some amazing questions coming again from our study group and also people from our, our forum. So we've picked out uh, four questions that have been sent to us which we think really stand out and, and really ask some very, very interesting questions about mediumship and also spirit as well. Well, let's start off with the first question, and this is from Cynthia. And her question is, both of my parents passed away this year, but they both had diminished capacity during the month prior to passing. Did they know that they were entering the spirit world? Were they visited and guided by spirit leading up to the end? Um, do you want to start off with that one, Ian? Yeah, there's the uh, a little bit of a mist of a misnomer, I think, not being rude to people in general there, but it's sort of put over into the into the sense there. It, it's the spirit within that is very much knowing what is happening. So, whilst the physical body, you know, our physical senses would be a better way of putting it over. Whilst our physical senses are very much aware of what is taking place, you know, granted of the uh, of the illnesses, their medical intervention in helping the person to be calm you know not calm you know be in a in a situation where they are peaceful you know they're not in pain and stuff you know so it does depend you know when you've put diminished capacity that could be coming into a, a lot of things you know people generally ask the question of this when it comes over to being people having would you call it dementia they're in a coma you know basically 
the more severe the faculties are hampered, then the less physically aware the person within the physical body is. The spiritual side, however, you know, I follow spiritualism, you know, so it's the spirit that we have that is very much aware when it is our time to be going, you know, when it is our time where we are saying bye-bye to the physical, hello to going home. So spirit will, you know, the person's spirit and therefore them to a certain sense, because the mind is less fettered, so you become naturally more aware of who is there and who is around you. So the question's in two parts, you know, the one I've just answered is the physicality, is the person aware, and then spirit always are there at the end. I know it's easy thing to say, yes, they are. When I was there with my family, when my mother passed, and I was just looking around, I saw my grandmother there. I was very much aware of my granddad, who I'd never met. He was there. Um, and you often hear people, particularly stories related in care homes, of, oh, John's come to see me, or Barbara's here, or whatever, you know, and they're very much aware of, oh, dad's here, or mum, and they mention it before they pass. And that is where I do feel you have that sort of bridging from the fetters of the physical mind giving away to more of the what we all have is a mediumistic awareness that does allow us to perceive spirit you know so yes i do believe fully that we are aware and we do largely see bending in mind if we're in a coma or not then we are a very much aware spirit side of life it's a very interesting question to be honest what's your take on it martin yeah, I, I'm exactly the same. And my reasoning is is obviously the number of cases where people have, as you say, have suddenly, you know, near the end, they, they've beat, they've said that so-and-so's here or, you know, well, my mum's here or they, this person's here to lead them on to the next world. I think that the huge amount of evidence of that, the amount of people who've, who've seen that, but also from a personal perspective, and I, I remember my granddad, who was a you know, kind of Sheffield steel worker, very gruff. But he witnessed his granddad, who, again, was incapacitated for the last three months of his life and through various conditions. And they literally had not, he'd not moved, he'd not talked for two, three months. And suddenly there were, he sat up and he looked around at everybody, smiled at everybody. His face looked very relaxed. And he said, oh, and he mentioned his auntie and his uncle's names and said, oh, they've come to collect me and then died. Yeah. And 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 that was it. That that was his last words. And that was the that was the only words he'd spoke for months. Yeah. Oh, and, and my granddad said he honestly believed that they'd come to collect him. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, kind of collect him in that respect. So. I, I certainly believe that. And and it's interesting, there's an old English tradition as well, is is if somebody was on their deathbed or perceived to be on their deathbed, because obviously there was a lot of uncertainty in the olden days, you know, yeah. and in the Middle Ages and that sort of thing. So what people used to do was put close the shutters on the windows, block up the chimney, shut the door, lock the door to stop death or spirit coming to take the person into the spirit world. Yeah. So again, I, I think there is some grain of truth in that and, yeah. and the grain of truth is is they were trying to stop spirit from coming and not taking um but actually you know taking uh, but not taking people away it's about you know helping people for transition from this existence to the next oh, and, uh, so so i honestly believe that yeah whatever capacity 
you are in at the end that yes your spirit is aware of what's happening and it's guidance from spirit that's leading you and it's a beautiful thing it really is and and, and this there's, there's there's many many stories of of that and it's it's worth seeking that out as well cynthia Definitely. is things by scott rogo uh, he wrote a number of books about that uh, sort of experience and also um out-of-body experiences and, and and the whole paranormal aspect but he did write about a number of cases where people saw spirit and you, you've all heard of you know kind of people seeing the bright light and and actually meeting family members there as well so i i, I certainly think that spirit is involved right at the beginning uh, right at the end and all the, all the way through your life um, to help you and guide you yeah that's a great yeah. question, that Cynthia. And we've had a, a another yeah. question from. Yeah, oh, question. Sorry. sorry, Martin. I don't mean to, I've been talking. Talk, I'm talking over there. Um, I've got them copied down, so I thought um, this one is right in your ballpark. You know, with the with your with your understanding, your background. You know, with you having run a paranormal company for such a long time and coming over to your interest into everything you know what i mean into everything that is paranormal so would it be okay if i read the question to you yeah, yeah far away yeah. yeah what do spirits think of the paranormal you know investigation stories evidence are they curious as us or do they have a deeper knowledge about it than we do that is one part of the question it goes on to say then also what do they think about some of the more high-profile cases, such as the Enfield, uh, I dare say that means the Poltergeist. Yeah. There's one here, the Perone Farm cases. I've not heard of uh, that. Do you think there's something to these, or is it just us getting a bit carried away with it all? There's quite, there's quite a few questions in that one question. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Right, I think I'll break this down. So let, let's firstly talk about my feelings about the Enfield case in particular, because I, I've actually read and met Janet from the Enfield Poltergeist case. And, and also I've met Guy Lyon Playfair as well, who was one of the main investigators and wrote the book, This House is Haunted. So I've talked to them and I have no doubt that the Enfield Poltergeist was real. And what I mean by that is that the evidence that was recorded at that time is real. Things were happening. I, I would say that there was genuine paranormal activity happening there. There was so many people who witnessed it. One of the most interesting things that I took away from this, from the Enfield case, whatever you think, you could say, well, it was just a bunch of girls causing poltergeist activity. And, and, and do look into it, people. It, it is called the Enfield poltergeist, if you, if you find it. It's an amazing, amazing series of of events that happened. But the one th incident that really stood out to me was that it, somebody was stood at a bus stop opposite, and she suddenly, this woman looked up to the towards where the bedroom was, and she could see Janet, who was the main that the main focus for the poltergeist haunting, and she was levitating in front of the window. She literally was floating in front of the window. Wow. And the woman just was petrified. And what I remember is that she, she went to the door and just as she went to the door, she heard screaming and Janet running downstairs saying, the poltergeist lift me up, lifted me up. And the woman knocked on the door and just said, I watched that. I watched that. I saw it happening. <laughs> and there was nobody else in the bedroom with Janet. Mm -hmm. Now, unless Janet's you know, got supernatural, like, you know, unless she's a great magician and she can 
she decided, oh, no, I'll, I'll float in front of the window in front of the people from <laughs> looking at the bus stop. It's just a huge amount of weirdness. Now, what I would say is with any poltergeist case and any ghost case, there's always an element of trickster in there. And you can look at things like like Jeff the Mongoose, which was a poltergeist case on the Isle of Man. You can look at there's always an element of trickster. And, and, and unfortunately, there's a relationship between the investigator and the witness. And often the witness will feel that they need to fake or enhance a particular case. And I, I've been reading this week, actually, and researching, a, a pol- pol- again, a poltergeist case from the 1930s in which that there was some incredible activity. I mean, amazing activity, including teacups flying around in front of journalists, the full works. And, and then it's kind of all been covered up. And in the end, there was a little bit, there was no doubt, fakery from the person now they didn't do all the fakery but they did some when it started going quiet when the poltergeist wasn't actually doing something they did so they, they felt the need that they had to prove the experiences that they had so yeah. they faked that's a shame that yeah it is but i think it's one of those things is when you're looking at the psychological nature of a witness is they is it's, it's almost like people who are hypochondriacs that you you know, you go to the doctor, with you've got something wrong with you, and then the doctor says, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with you, and you kind of, oh, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> Do you know, I know yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm feeling this. And it's a similar sort of situation. Enfield, no doubt, is tarnished with that, you know, that some people think it was it was fraudulent or some of it was made up or whatever. But I, I, I think there is a core phenomena within that case. So that, that's what I would say from my perspective I've never asked Spirit what they thought of 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 that particular case. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever done the same. No, it's something that's not really crossed, not really crossed my mind. You know, the poltergeist. It's not something that I go actively re actively researching into, but I have interest in. You know, because I'm thinking, well, what is going on? Is it possession? You know, there's all of that in the media and the films, you know. And I think getting down to it, you know, like as you've mentioned, you know, talking to witness, seeing what's at and having people cooperate and interact in a very much a scientific way. I feel that is that is the way to deal with this, I think, you know, from my point of view. Yeah, I, I think part of the question is what does spirit think of paranormal investigation stories and evidence? And again, it's not something that I really asked. But I, I have been in paranormal investigations where my guide or a spirit at the location has told me things. And I, I remember, and I've got to be really careful here, I remember investigating that at a location and the medium was walking around and saying, oh, I'm picking up on this, it's satanic, it's devil worship and all this. And suddenly I heard some something from behind me say, liar. No, what? And I, and I thought, who's that? Liar. And it was again, it was, it, something was saying liar. And I was, I was kind of thinking, what is it? And, 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 I, and, I, and I just calmed myself down while everything was happening. And I communicated and it was a gentleman. And, and he said, that's lies. That's lies. This didn't happen. And, and, and I felt that this spirit was very upset with what the medium was claiming had happened and made up. Yeah. And actually when the medium when the medium was claiming to be overtaken by a satanic energy or whatever, the spirit was really upset about it, really annoyed. Mm. And and in fact, 
it probably influenced that I, I no longer took that medium to that location mm-hmm. because the spirit, without doubt, was was telling me that, look, this isn't right. What he's saying is not an accurate rep- uh, representation of our lives here and not just his life, but other spirit that, w- that was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, go on. Sorry, Martin. No, no, no. So, I, I mean, that's it, really. I mean, that's what I would say is, is Spirit no doubt knew that I was taking people to this location and no doubt targeted me directly because of my mediumistic ability yeah. and to, to say, look, this is nonsense. Stop it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But I think, you know, uh, Spirit wanted, are they curious? Yes, because there's, there are, there's not just a medium. People go there because they have their own mediumistic ability and they want to check it. Am I, am I right? I'm getting this, and then suddenly the medium saying the same. It's uh, verification for them, and I, and I do feel Spirit want to put over, as you've mentioned, their side of the your story. No, that didn't happen. There wasn't a fire here in September 1886. It was, it was June 1886. I, you damn well know, because I died in the damn thing. Mm-hmm. And then on checking back, you find actually it is june not uh, of that month you know they tell you places this was used as such and such you know that when we went in york and they were saying this is a charnel house and i thought what the hell is that but it's where they stored bones wasn't it you know so it's little things like that they tell you what is there what is it what it is of you know and helps the medium in order to help archaeologists to read the read the researchers uh you call them historians to perhaps get their facts more to the point you know what i mean yeah i, I, I think there's no doubt that i think spirit want a level of authenticity and accuracy yeah when it, when it comes to paranormal investigation so i think what always interested me is how a location i mean obviously spirit's not not there to be sort of lap dogs to perform when we tell them to but that always intrigued me and that's something i always asked spirit was you know why are you performing now and you didn't perform yesterday <laughs> you know? yeah. and, and and a lot of it is is we're not seeing the bigger picture i felt well i was told i was told that is actually it's a bigger picture the people who yeah. needed to see the evidence saw the evidence so the yeah. people with a deeper meaning and and things that i'm not aware of saw the evidence that they needed at the right time yeah. and that's why sometimes you you take you take a group to a haunted location and it would be dead and it's and 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 some of it's the participation and how open people are no doubt but a lot of it is is the people who needed the evidence got the evidence and the people who you know who would totally dismiss that evidence all the time wouldn't get that evidence you know but saying that, you know, there's times where I remember a complete sceptic coming down from Aberdeen going to the Galleries of Justice. He had an amazing experience where a cross was thrown, a big heavy cross was thrown at him. And, you know, that was the evidence he needed and, and it changed his life. And mm-hmm. I, I, I always remember one of the f- first events I ever did. We had a guy who was a top level banker in based in london and with the experiences he had on on the events he changed his life so he left banking trained as a plumber and started working with his son every day he said i realized i'd not spent time he said one thing that the spirit gave me and and learned to me visiting these haunted locations was that the time we have on on earth is limited 
and I wanted to spend as much physical time with my son. So I changed my job and became a plumber. And I see him every day now, and I'm so pleased about that. So it's awesome, isn't it? So he got to see the evidence that actually began a new life for him, you know, and and no doubt helped heal wounds as well. I would say. So yeah. I think I think spirit spirit doesn't look at any of these cases or look at the investigations or stories and thinks, oh, that you know, this is nonsense, this is rubbish, or why are they doing that? This is crazy or anything. I think it's all about nurturing, and I think it's all about direction as well. It's pointing us in the right direction. I think I think that is that is right. You know, in helping people because there is a medium there who hopefully he or she can get a message over to the person who really needs it, or as you say, having that evidence. I think that is what spirit like about it. To be honest, I I totally agree. Now, I here's a question. I think we're going to disagree on. so i've been looking forward to this one okay so this is from nina thank you nina i have a question about spirit guides i've recently gotten to know my spirit guide well done nina well done he's shown me several vivid images of his life as a caribbean islander to Mm. me that made so much sense i've always preferred living in tropical places and have currently lived on a tropical island for nine years well done on that as well. I know. Gorgeous. I'm looking outside at the rain and I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking, I wish I'd have lived on a tropical island for nine years. I also went through a period in my young years where I was very interested in Caribbean culture. I'm wondering to what extent can our main spirit guide influence our interests and life choices in subtle ways like this? Do they or is it just a coincidence? So that's yours. Uh, And then I'll answer. Okay. I do feel that our guides have a modicum of influence over us. You know, it's uh, guidance because when you you, uh, think about it, when you're talking to your close friend, you know, as you would do to hopefully you get to know your guides and term them as a very close friend, then yes, you will pick up certain elements you know that you're talking them them showing you this is where i was from i did this i did so and so they are not trying to live their life again through you you know uh, their earthly life that is i just feel you know things that we have that we are likely to have happen in our life and their sort of influence it does fill over to us you know what i mean uh, for instance my guide william bless him he uh, he uh, got me into a science he's a very notable scientist when he was in the uh, in the uh, physical body and I was scared of science because I was told when I was you know when I was in school all those <coughs> years previously it was that was a purposeful cough by the way um <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, I was told um, I'm not allowed to do science, so I did rural studies, you know, rather than science, because I was told I was too thick. I was scared of chemistry because I always sat at the back of the class, and the teacher only talked to those who showed interest, you know. But since I've got a, I've got a science degree, you know, and that's William's sort of mentoring, you know, which. I wasn't drawn to science until he sort of walked in and was interested in how I documented paranormal stuff and and whatever and thought yes I can I can work with I can work with him you know so they can influence you in that way. When you're looking at the deeper aspects, I always, you know, people used to ask me the question a lot of times, who is my guide? So I would say, 
do you have a particular drawing to a culture or a, or a place? Because that's normally a sign or an indication rather than a rather than a sign of where they are from, where he or she comes from. You know, so I know. There's a lot of people who are drawn to the Native American people, they're drawn to Egypt, you know, ancient Greece, or they might even be drawn over towards the Georgian period, the Middle Ages, you know, that that sort of era. So I do feel guides have some modicum of, uh, what you call it, influence, and how you how you perceive that influence, it may well be that you sort of think, oh, there was all talk about the Caribbean. I like it. I was drawn to it. So then I do feel it may well be sort of going there, driving it to get more sort of a closer link with that guide also. I don't feel it's to do with a past life. You know, you and your guide were in a past life before and therefore you're reliving a past life in the physical now i just wanted to put that put to put that in there you know um don't know why but it just sounded good um so the (laughs) the, um general feeling is spirit guides can have an influence over us it's not coincidental how do you feel about martin yeah I, i i think i think firstly is as you say is spirit can have an influence but it's it's a positive influence and secondly as ian said rightly it's not about them reliving their life again so 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 my sort of feelings with this was was two things is i feel that when people are drawn to particular cultures or whatever that there is obviously sort of a top level where that there's a general interest you know so so people often find people who are drawn to egyptian or Native American, because you know that's deemed as a, a an archetype mm-hmm. uh, yeah. of being the ultimate spiritual people. You know, we all look at Egyptians and think, "Oh my God, they're so spiritual! They built these amazing things. They built the pyramids, built that." But also, as well as they had two million slaves, so they can't be that spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's it. Um, so, so we always look at that. Um, but I, I think here what we also have to look at, and I think what is interesting, I, d- I don't know Nina, but what I would say is that I think also as well as the influence as well might not just be from the spirit guide. I think the spirit guide is 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 uh, has been chosen for you or is connected with you because there may be a greater ancestral link with tropical islands or Caribbean culture. So there might be some strain... So do you know, so, do you know how DNA strains split into different areas? That might be linked with that. I I certainly feel that often, certainly with spirit guides, that there is some influence as well from your ancestral part yeah. as well. I I that that's my kind of belief with that. It's it's interesting. Certainly with my experience of, of my main guide Joseph is he was a traveller and the places he travelled. You know, I, lo- I look at. The places he told me about are, are the same places that I found since found out that I've got DNA in. <laughs> oh, wow. So I'm kind of thinking, and, and he's not he's not a relation, don't worry. But but I certainly feel that there there is some sort of ancestral influence in there in the mix. So that's what I would say to you, Nina, from my point of perspective, is that interest from right at a younger age. Is not past life. Is is probably a deeper meaning, and we're probably going back, you know, probably a dozen generations. And don't, and don't forget. I mean, I saw the other day that somebody was working out 
how many ancestral strains you have if you just go back something like five generations i mean there's about 240 people you know it's it can filter in so many times filter in uh, many times so i i think i think if you're able to tap into your ancestral energy which i think you've done here nina and also you have a, a guide that is also a representative of that and and um is guiding you through that I think that's great because I, I should imagine that you feel very, very connected with where you are now and that it's probably giving you a great deal of happiness as well. And and I, I had a similar experience. You know, I really felt driven that I had to move to the North York Moors. That, you know, I'm not a sun person, so I wouldn't last long on a tropical island. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, earth, earthy sort of, you know, that, that to me really felt, this is where I should be, where I am, and, and uh, so maybe that's the Sca- uh, Scandinavian ancestral sort of feeling as well coming yeah. through. So that I, I, I'd argue a little bit that I think the ancestors have a bigger picture to play here, the ancestral pool that we've all got behind us as well. So that's where I slightly differ from you, but I, I 100% agree with you, and that's something I, I'm just going to reaffirm again, is when Ian mentions influence from spirit, it's not influences in a you know oh, oh you know buy this car <laughs> you know yeah. buy this car you know do this or you know you've got to buy this house because I had a house like this. It's not that. If anything, it's nurturing that it's nurturing people to give them greater happiness, long term happiness that's born from feeling grounded and feeling happy in the place where you live. And that's why I think Nina is living on a tropical island. Yeah, is is lovely. It is from that perspective. And we've got one last question, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, I think again, Martin. I'll read it out to you if that's okay, Martin. Okay. Um, I haven't worked on mediumship in a while, and I'm actually taking a medium oblique spiritual break. Um, I don't see the topic brought up brought up a lot. Shutting off our gifts for self care. Um, now, I think that's that's that opens up a lot of uh, in you know sort of intrigue into why this person is asking this question. I still talk to my guides uh, to keep that practice going, but I don't get into deep spiritual talk. More quiet meditation and getting to know each other's energy. So you know the person's working with their working with their guides in a sort of a secular way, perhaps. Um, I think it's important for anyone that works with spirit or energy to shut off once in a while i haven't done i haven't done it until now and it's so weird but such a relief um like being able to walk through an antique shop and it's completely quiet you know as things are just objects what are your thoughts on mediumship shutdown do you think it's healthy for healthy for practice or would you do something different well i i think if if firstly my my sort of feeling my, my initial feelings are is firstly with any interest that you have, and whether that is is tennis, collecting stamps, um, watching TV or whatever, it's always good to have balance in your life anyway. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, well, I mean, without a doubt, any any so any life that you that you lead must have balance. So you you, you do have to you know, kind of walk away from things every now and again. And you do have to have that break and not be utterly focused on doing something, you know, all the time or, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of interested in that subject all the time. So 
whether whether you read uh, different types of books or you know I, I i'm not a big tv watcher but what i'll do is i'm, I'm not just reading books about paranormal evidence every day <laughs> you know i'm kind of you know I, i'll I split it up Martin. pardon sorry i reckon you are no i'm not no i promise you <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully. But I'll 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 read um I'll, I'll I'll one minute I'll be reading graphic novels or I'll be mo- I, the main thing is it, it, it's balance and and I'd say that to anyone and and um and Amy makes a real point there is is that um you do have to balance it and 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 the way how she's balancing it is she's not shutting down she said oh it's good to shut it off but she's not because she's admitted in her in a message that she's still in touch with the spirit guides so she is still in touch with the spirit guides yeah but you know you it's like a relationship you have with a best friend or, or whatever Do you know there might be time where you see them two three times a week there might be times where you you don't see them for a month or two months, or you're not in touch with them here and there. It's just what life is is about. And and when you become comfortable with your guide, that's when it feels better to not not shut off, but be able to not feel that guilty sort of feeling. Say, oh no, I have not done my meditation. Oh no, I've not done this. Or I'm not. Do you know, I should be doing it. No, it doesn't have to be do. You don't have to do that. You've got to live your life balance, and that's balancing your work, your family, the pandemic. You know, you've got to balance it all. And when one influence takes more, takes more than the others, that's when your your life's out of balance. But everything Amy's said there, I totally agree. I don't believe you can shut off. Um, We talked about that before. You can't shut it off, but what you can do is just. You know, kind of step step back. You know, you you can step back and say, right, okay, I'm not I'm not doing this. And and spirit knows that when you say to yourself, you know, I I don't feel like I'm going to be doing this, you know, until I feel happy again, or I feel that I've got my life back in order, or, or you know, I'm doing this, that, or the other. Then spirit will leave you alone, uh, and and will come back when you say. Do you know, I, I fancy a meditation. I fancy this. I fancy doing this. Or how are you doing, Spirit? Or, do you know, can you tell me about this? Yeah. Do you agree? I mean, what do you feel yeah. about that? Um, well, that is part of the process. You know, you can say to your guys, or Spirit, or I'm having a break. Can you know? And they were, they, uh, they are very much aware of of uh, what is of what is going on and what your thoughts are. So yes, they will stand back unless it's of import, and then they will ask you. Oh, by the way, this is import. If you speak to this person, so they give you the choice. They don't say you must. I do, however, totally totally agree with you you can't shut it off you know it's that is that is like just cutting just shutting your shutting your mind down which is obviously physical 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 death but you can step away from it you know you could i mean there's regular i uh, i can i can go through a uh, through a, a reputedly haunted uh, building or a, or a uh, or a um, area that has hauntings whatever i just walk i just walk through and i'll either just be looking i'll either look at i'll either look at my look at my phone or I'm thinking what I'm having for my uh, for my uh, tea and I don't have anything happen you know because it's my time and that is something that uh, I do feel you know Amy is definitely definitely doing she's having her she's having her time gathering her sort of strength putting her mind in order in however she sees it and still talking to uh, talking to a guide is a very critical process for anybody whether you're starting mediumship or whether you're fully within mediumship you know uh, it's nice just to. I mean, uh, I uh, I work every single day, spirit, you know, and uh, and last 
and last week I thought, you know what, I'm having a I'm having a week off, and I caught up with I caught up with admin. I didn't do any mediumship readings or anything there, but I was still very much aware of spirit of 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 spirit with me, and they just gave me that time. I spent more time with the with the uh, putty tats out out on my garden bench having a uh, having a cup of coffee. That's me, the coffee, not the uh, cats, by the way. And um, they have beer, you know, but it's it's just. It's just of a of a sense that yeah you can you can you can step back and that is the part of the communicative process with uh, do you call it spirit you know absolutely absolutely well I I must say I think they've been four incredible questions definitely and they are talking about so many different aspects of the paranormal yeah. and so 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 I I, I hope everybody who's listen to this podcast today has actually taken uh, things away from this because it, it's amazing how diverse the questions are but they're all connected interconnected yes. through through all of them so I, I really enjoyed uh, answering these questions really I've, i could go on for hours though that's the problem <laughs> i know that is you know and it is it's uh, as you said martin it's very much interesting and thank you for your questions uh, uh, people lovely they're really, really good. Really good. So, uh, so yeah, we've got to prepare because uh, we're doing another live on our uh, Facebook uh, page tonight. Obviously, that this is probably a week ago. <laughs> so, sorry you missed it. But if you did go to our Facebook page, uh, which is just to send you to, the links are in our bio. Um, we, we are going to start doing uh, regular uh, monthly lives. And, and and it's light-hearted. We we chat. We we discuss about spirit. Answer people's questions. Do a little bit of divination, and uh, you know we're, we're going to start doing a few little studies here, uh, little uh, exercises and things like that as well. So but uh, so do join us there. And if you are enjoying the podcast, please uh, subscribe. Do uh, rate us, review us. Um, over this last month, we've had twenty new reviews, which is really incredible and thank you very much for everybody who gave us uh well it looks like they're giving us four and five stars which i'm i'm very very pleased about so thank you very much for that um so ian i, I great to talk to you again and yeah, i'll be talking to you fun. in a few hours but yeah. uh it's just great working with you ian and uh and, with you and one thing i would say is is everybody that ian told me about his issues that he had at school and you know how uh, how they you know kind of put him to the back of the classroom and and that sort of thing, and I I I've been so lucky that over the last twenty years I've known Ian, and I saw him get this new spirit guide William come along, and then suddenly Ian was in science mode, and how he got through the uh, sorry he didn't get through he he really worked damn hard on that degree and he did it absolutely incredible and uh, it's great i tell you now that journey i can't wait to see what you're going to do for the next 20 years but i tell you now it, it, how, what you did on that degree was you know absolutely amazing ian so give yourself a good yeah, yeah thank part, you part on your back ian so yeah. it's all work with the upcoming book called the color of disease working with um seeing disease in the aura and the science degree I did was health sciences, and William's chomping at the chomping at the bit at the bit to get it written. To be honest, fantastic! Can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. So, well, you have a good week, Ian, and everybody. Thank you, thank you very much, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you very, very soon. Okay, bye, bye.